Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are ready. I are ready. I are ready? Dude, yes. Dude. Yes, we are ready. It is training camp has begun today. And in lieu of training camp beginning, we're just not going to talk about anything training camp. Because who cares? It's the first day where players go and step on a scale. Step on a scale. And they ride a bike for a second and they get exhausted. Dude, did you hear uh, Ovechkin? He wanted to concentrate. He's like, yeah, I got a little leaner, got a little thinner. But he's still 260 freaking pounds, he said. 260? 260. Dang. I can't even. Like, how can he get any quicker? He's a monster. Yeah. 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 yeah, so training camp's happening. Beginning of training camp. Yes, a couple guys signed. Of course, Josh Morrissey signs with the Winnipeg Jets uh, for eight years, $50 million. So good on him. He gets his uh, $6.25 million every year for the next decade. And, you know, there's there's some other, other signings. Mitch Marner hasn't signed yet. Therefore, Miko Rantanen hasn't signed yet. Therefore, Brock Besser hasn't signed. Or Matthew Kachuk. And the list goes on and on. So almost every team, I feel like, has a player missing in training camp right now. Dude, Boston's D is going to be missing two big people if they don't they don't have gap space for it either. I mean, yeah, just so many things going on. And Tampa's waving two goaltenders today. They're uh, Louis Domingue and Condon. They're waving those guys so they can save a million bucks to try to get points signed. And mm. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, Braden Point. I don't know how much money he wants, but I have to think. Okay, after today, it comes out. Or I guess this was a day or two ago. It comes out. Mitch Marner turned down uh, like eleven million a year for seven or eight years, depending on what he wanted. So he turns down that. So Braden Point, who, in my opinion, is more valuable than Mitch Marner. He's a center. He also might be better than Marner. Uh, and uh, the only factor is that he is a little older than Marner. But then shouldn't he be he should be trying to get paid more now, right? He should, so, yeah. I mean, how is this guy not going well, he gets eleven? Oh, I want twelve. I will say though, Florida at least has the whole no state tax thing, so you can get him at probably eight or nine million. Eight or and, nine million is not the equivalent of getting into twelve. If even if at eight million But what he's bringing home, it, Toronto's taxes are not they're crazy. That, it's not yeah, but in Toronto, think about Eleven million a year over eight years. That's actually right now. That's a hundred and sixteen million dollars is what he actually takes home. So okay, so so over the course of eight years, he's actually getting paid more like sixteen or uh, fifteen million, but right around fifteen million. So and then okay, let's say he's taxed forty five percent. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy in Toronto. Well, yeah. Canada just in general but right yeah so it's it's hard to say but that's also where he's from anyways Mitch Marner but I I understand I I do think for me I'd be like no I I want the money I deserve like if if this is how much money I should get so much money you know he might be he might be saying that right and they have the absolute right I mean you've led your team in points the last two seasons granted you make this big jump in point totals because you can make the argument oh well John Tavares so you know what doesn't matter you still go out you performed right you put up the points and you say i want this kind of money this is what i think i deserve and we're in a new era now where guys can't 
you know, be conned in anymore really to signing these little, you know, bridge deals right. at, you know, six million like McKinnon did. And now they're looking at that and be like, wow, what a steal. Like that's not happening anymore. No, no, no one wants. I mean, and I don't think obviously the Leafs offered seven years at 11 million. Right. They're not like that's not a lowballing them. Yeah, that's not a steal. But he's that's, pissed because he's he's making less than Panarin and less than Matthews, and he thinks he wants he wants more. Is what I keep hearing. Yeah, and that's insane. Well, you're not it's a dumb. center. I mean, it's granted, dumb. I I think that maybe offensively Marner is and, better and than Panarin, Matthews, but Panarin is a was an unrestricted free agent could go wherever he wanted. Right. So it's different. Also, Marner definitely not better than Matthews. Definitely not. Especially a goal scorer, I, Matthews is well, a Matthews has got the best wrist shot in the league, I think. But that's and, and just, maybe point to another center who is a better goal scorer than Austin Matthews. You could maybe argue Sidney Crosby. Yeah, his tenacity is of course, of course, but a very different player. I mean, even Crosby has proven he can score goals. Of course, he he, he has himself a Maurice Rocket Richard trophy, but. Now, especially now, right now, he's not exactly, he's more like a 30-goal guy. Matthews, I think it's feasible to say that there's a good chance he'll end up with 50 at some point. I would think so. At some point in the next three or four years, he'll probably end up with 50. If he can stay healthy and play more than 65 games. And if they put somebody on the wing with him who can dish the puck. Well, I mean, if William Nylander's playing with him, he should be okay. Jeez, come We'll on, see Babcock. if Babcock just, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, well, with that said, let's dive into the reason that we're really here. That is to list off the top 10 players from the Vancouver Canucks and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we have been doing this series now, I think, for, uh, I think this is our seventh, seventh time doing this. Uh, so there are lots of other teams out there that you can go and go back into previous shows and listen to the the rankings of those teams, the Detroit Red Wings, Nashville Predators, and all the Dallas Stars and the Hurricanes, Wild and the Penguins and the Bruins and the Capitals, all those teams There's and more. Uh, today we're going to do the Canucks and the Lightning. And with that said, let's start with the Vancouver Canucks. And let's start with your just missed. My just missed. Okay. A uh, couple guys currently on the franchise right now who I think two or three years will probably have them easily on this list okay uh, elias petterson brock besser and then somebody somebody a little older uh matthias olin made my just oh, yes. missed my just missed defenseman defenseman <laughs> i did not have a single defenseman in my top 10 i do have one i i thought about ed jovanovsky i thought about matthias olin uh sammy sallow cr- passed my mind by for a hot I second i forgot about him um, yeah and Brock, yeah, Brock Besser, he he didn't make my list either. I also thought about, uh, I thought about Gino Ojic, just because he's kind of like this classic Canucks player, and he was, he has the most penalty minutes all time. He has like over 20, 2,100 penalty minutes, in in very few amount of games. I oh, if if I if I click on this, he has two thousand one hundred twenty seven penalty minutes in four hundred forty four games. Like, wow, the guy literally had a fight every single game at least because if he had a fight every single game yeah that that's basically a fight every single game it's what he had at least a fight every game that's that's nuts granted he didn't score more than he scored 46 goals in those 444 games so uh he he only made my just miss as like a you were a true canuck and i think that most canucks fans look back at him and 
probably have some of their best fight moments, but alas, not uh, not the list for Gina Ojic, who I think he passed away. I Is don't know. Right? I think he did, but anyways. Okay, so you're number 10. Number 10, uh, for me, Alexander Mogilny. Um, probably a guy who's maybe, you know, fans had hoped had stuck around a little bit longer, maybe had a little bit better production, but... Uh, 107 point season though is nothing to to bark your head at. I will say there's not too many Vancouver Canucks in the history of this franchise who can say they've actually done that. So, yeah, for me number 10, Alexander Mogilny. Okay, yeah, Alexander Mogilny actually missed my list. Okay, too. yeah, 312 games, 308 points. Yes, so he was fantastic good. for them, of course. Yes. Uh, also, just so that we. Uh, don't start some rumor about somebody being dead. Gino Ojic is not <laughs> dead, but the reason why I thought because I remember he was at uh, he was at some, I, somebody's maybe it was the Sedines or I don't know it wasn't the Sedines it was somebody's like retirement something or other and he spoke and he he said it, like it says here in Wikipedia that he was diagnosed with a rare terminal disease where his heart was his heart was slowly hardening. And then he had a heart attack. He was given months to live. And then he found some experimental treatment. And now he's good. And now he's, now he's good. Not, he is no longer considered terminal. So that's nice. That's good for him. So he didn't die. <laughs> all right. Okay. Congrats. Anyways, my number 10 is Stan Smile. Okay. Fifth all-time leading scorer. Uh, 673 points in 896 games. Also put up a fat... 1556 penalty minutes. That's fat. That's a lot. Got to remember he played in like the 70s and 80s, but uh, yeah, he was kind of there for the around the beginning of the Canucks time and uh, he was a part of the team when they went to the Stanley Cup final in 1982. Was it? Did they go to the final or maybe they they I don't went think to they the conference to, finals. Yeah, went to the conference finals. And uh, yeah, he he had 17 or 18 points in 17 games, had a nice little playoff. He actually ended up, he had 62 points in 55 playoff games for the Canucks. So he, he did play well in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, so. Okay. Uh, he's, he's my number 10. You're number nine. I respect it. Uh, number nine for me, early 2000 winger who played on the famed Naslin um, Bertuzzi line. Uh, Morrison, you know him. Todd Bertuzzi. Um Ah uh, yes, they, yes. Brendan Morrison, Marcus Naslin, Todd Bertuzzi. That line, yeah. yeah. They they were putting up some points. One of the more lethal lines in the league, and it's funny because you had two forty goal scorers on that line, which is pretty dang impressive. And guy and and Bertuzzi and Naslin were you know one season a couple goals away from both getting fifty, which is freaking ridiculous. Anyways, but so yeah, the pre Sedin era, these were the guys for the Vancouver Canucks, and of course. You know, Todd Bertuzzi had his little run in with Colorado and sort of ended his stint there, unfortunately, on bad terms. Yeah, was suspended for a whole year. Right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and then made his way elsewhere. But um, for me, this is a guy who, you know, sitting in their top 10, he's, I think, at number nine all-time score for for this franchise. So for me, number nine. You made me doubt myself. The Vancouver Canucks were in the Stanley Cup final in 1982. They got swept by by the New York Islanders after beating the Calgary Flames in three back when they used to only play a best of five in the right. first round. Then they beat the LA Kings and they beat the Chicago Blackhawks in the conference finals. And 
They got destroyed yeah, by nobody the beat the Islanders back then, but till Edmonton came along. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why I thought they only went to the. Oh well, that's a that's good little okay. tidbit. Okay, uh, yeah, I shouldn't have let you convince me that I was wrong. Damn it. Uh, okay, my number eight. No, my number, number nine, nine is the second all-time leader in wins for this franchise. Uh, also took them to the Stanley Cup final in 1994 against that is the New York, uh, New York Rangers, where apparently they have really bad luck against East Coast teams in the finals. Yeah, stay away. Rangers, Islanders, Bruins. Stay out of that metro area. Can't, can't beat them. Uh, and, and they've lost game seven the last two times. Good here. point. Uh, so Kirk McLean, he actually has w- lost more games than he won. Uh, he was on some rough Canucks teams. Uh, his stats aside, Kirk McLean's run in 1994 was legendary, and the, he had some really nice seasons uh, for for the Canucks. Despite you know when we look at the number, you know we look at three two eight goals against and an eight eight seven save percentage. The game was was a little different in the late '80s when he stormed in, and I mean his rookie season. Just to give you an idea how bad the Canucks were, he went eleven and twenty-seven. Ouch! That's that's pretty. That's rough. Uh, and then he he had a season twenty-one and thirty in ninety-ninety-one, ten and twenty-two, and then in ninety-one, ninety-two he turns a corner and has thirty-eight a thirty-eight win season. So, uh, and the Canucks were pretty good for the the next few years. So, yeah, didn't make my list. Unfortunately, just too many bad statistics. Listen to, it, the, to the playoff that he had though in ninety three, ninety four, twenty four games, a two two nine goals against average, which is fantastic for this time. even this era, even this yeah. era. Yeah, and a nine two eight save percentage. He was fifteen and nine and had four shutouts. Yeah, that's pretty good. Games. That's for one run there. That's yeah. Especially since his regular season, he actually was twenty three and twenty six. Yeah, he was under 500 in the regular season and came in and went all the way. And that shows. I mean, like, team, you know, we've seen it in recent memory with guys like you know Guy Hebert or I'm sorry, J.S. Shiger. You know, these goaltenders that can just get hot, man, and they can take a team just yep. deep. Yep. So, all yeah. right. So you're number eight. Uh, Stan Smile. Okay. Yeah, a little Stand lower a little, on your list, but yeah, yep, fair enough. That is that is fair. Won't waste your time with boring numbers. We talked. Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, also Stan. I mean, Stan Smile. I, he was a he was a pretty crucial part of that team when they were winning in the eighties. Um, my number eight is a guy that's currently on the team, recently won a Calder Trophy, and I am preemptively putting him in this list at number eight because that's ballsy. I think that within the next three years, I think that he will likely climb at least one more spot. Uh, the guys ahead of him are all deserving to be on this list, but I could put them uh, top five, top six in a few years. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a possibility. So, but yeah, Elias Peterson is my eight. I think he had, he had the best rookie season of any Canuck ever. And that's, that's all I need. That's fair though. That's all I need. There, there's a, there was the guys ahead of him on this list. The top seven were all guys that I said, they're all on this list. Don't care. They're all making this list. The next guys, it was like, okay, yeah, Stan Smile, nice. Okay, he's he's on there because he happened to be the guy who had the most points from his era and uh, Kirk McLean, you know. But Elias Peterson, I think he deserves to be on this list now. Brock Besser, I agree. Leaving him off is right now. He hasn't shown exactly what he's going to be over. Got to stay healthy first, but yeah, 
Exactly. Okay, so you're number seven. seven. Oh, also, Elias Pedersen, his uh, his points per game currently ranks fourth all time, only behind a guy who is hopefully higher on your list, Pavel Bure, Alexander McGilney, and then Mike Walton, who I don't know when he played, but uh, did not play when it was super hard to score goals. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, he definitely is, is a guy who's up there in terms of tremendous season 66 points in 71 games so all right number seven for me uh the all-time leading score for a defenseman for this franchise alexander edler okay yeah. not the flashiest of guys on the back end but he is super steady and uh super happy to see him you know get signed back up with this team for a couple more years and oddly enough it's it's funny that his contract ends the same time that uh, Mr. Quentin Hughes' contract ends as well. If we're preemptively right. trying to piece together a puzzle here, but um, yeah, this is a guy who just steadily puts up 30 points a season. Goes about his business. He's just rock solid on the the back end, and he's never been a guy where you just you worry about him, right? I remember back when he and Dan Hughes were like the two big guys on the yeah. blue line, and you know the they're shutdown guys, right? And and then they were, you know, all those rumors too. I know Detroit for years. I mean, just it seemed like for four or five years straight was they were trying to make a, a play for him to bring him to Detroit, and it never really panned out because you know he was you know that valuable to Vancouver, and I think that to me uh, was a big tip of the cap to get him on my list here at number seven. Okay, uh, yeah, missed my list. Like I said, no defenseman on my list. Uh, my number seven is Todd Bertuzzi. Okay. So a little spot higher. You have him a little bit, a little higher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I assumed he was on your list. He is the ninth all time leading scorer, 449 points in 518 games. But yes, again, he was, he's that crucial power forward piece in that, uh, that line of Morrison, Naslin and Bertuzzi. He also at one point was probably, he was the best power forward in the game. It was kind of when Eric Lindros had started to dip, and Todd Bertuzzi kind of took took the mantle there for a couple. Right, of and Jerome McGinley wasn't quite there yet. A murderer, yet. but not a, <laughs> a murderer, not a literal murderer, but like as close as you can get to freaking murdering a guy on the ice, he basically did it. Ugh. It was like a step back from. You know what's funny is that Marty McSorley literally took his stick and tried to slice a guy's head off with his stick. He gets suspended for like 25 games. Todd Bertuzzi punches a guy from behind, and he gets suspended for a whole season. Why? Because he told people he was going to do it beforehand. Yeah. It's like first-degree murder. Right. (laughs) Preemptively thought. And he ended his career. Steve Moore? Was that his name? The guy that he did it to? No. I don't remember, to be quite honest. Moore did play on the Avalanche, but I can't remember the name of the guy. Dang it. We'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, you know, and, and he was a guy who was, he was scoring, scoring a lot of goals too. So, uh, Todd Bertuzzi, my number seven. Okay. And if he had played, if he, if he hadn't done that, he played that extra year in Vancouver. Well, then, you know, the years that he was having, you know, he was, he was scoring 70 points, uh, when he was, you know, when he was rolling there, when he's wasn't trying to kill people, he had, uh, what do you have? 71, 60, 97, 85. So let's let's go on the and the, the 60 point season. He only played 69 games. So let's assume he probably ends up with another 70 points. Suddenly, if he has that season, he's 
seventh all time in scoring. So one, one more season would have put him over the top. So yeah, he's my seven. All right. So number six then, shall we? My number six is Marcus Nasland. All right. Not my number six, but who's your number six? I didn't say yet. Oh, <laughs> who's your number seven? My number seven? Oh, it was Edler. Yeah, it was Edler. Yeah. So who's your number six? Well, because Marcus Naslin's the third all-time scorer for the Canucks. He is. Yeah, but not my number six. Uh, my number six is Trevor Linden. Okay. Yeah. Um, a little further down, not number three all-time in scoring, maybe number four all-time in scoring for this franchise. Uh, played a few more games than Marcus Naslin to get there, but yeah. Uh, what can you say about a guy named Trevor Linden, except that it's Trevor Linden? At number six. I mean, he was the captain forever. He was, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, I'll say out of any player on this list, uh, he probably embodies, like, the, the Canucks. The You know, he just, he is a Canuck through and through, other than maybe the guys that are likely near the top of your list, uh, possibly twin brothers, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they, they are like modern Canucks, whereas Trevor Linden is the, like, 90s, early 2000s Canucks. Right, and it, after he left, yeah, well, he and mid-2000s as well, he left, right. went to the island, Montreal, Washington, and came back. And when he came back, I mean, it was, you know, obviously I mean, he was, was a little, little past his prime. Yeah, end. but it was. And it lasted a few years. It was pretty good for him. He was um, there for five years at the end. Yeah. Six. He was there for six years at the end. Wasn't as productive as he was his, his first go-around with it the team. He was like a third-line kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, he was, he was a leader in that room and well-respected, so... For me, number six, Trevor Linden. Okay. So let's talk about Naslin then. Well, you know, the reason that I have Naslin, and I I have Trevor Linden a couple spots higher. And okay. the reason being is because I, I, I'm i thinking more outside of the point total. I'm thinking the fact that he was the captain. He did lead that team to a Stanley Cup, whereas a Stanley Cup final. Right. Whereas Marcus Naslin was really never a part of a big playoff push. Uh, my my best memory of the Canucks with Marcus Naslin in the playoffs is like, holy crap, they're up 2 nothing on the Red Wings. And the Wings won four straight and right. dumped them out. So it, I, I just don't think that they had the kind of playoff success. And so that definitely plays into, you know, into when we're, we're really splitting hairs here, the Canucks only made the playoffs four seasons when he was there. And they only went, they went on, one run in 2002-2003 they they went on a nice run he had 14 points in 14 games but uh, overall you know you're 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 talking in 0607 he had 5 points in 12 games for the Canucks i mean he there were times where he wasn't really producing a whole lot he had 2 points in 6 games in 0102 uh, that was the series against the red wings i think yeah that was the year they won the cup it was yeah, they the lost rest, their first two games, and they basically went and they won. lost them at home too. Nonetheless, yes, yeah, yes, yes. So everybody put a fork in them at that point. But I, yeah, I remember just Detroit though, between Lindstrom and uh, that that decor back there, they just shut down Vancouver. So yep. you know, regardless of the point totals, I mean, nobody was doing anything on that team, anyways. That's true. Uh, so yeah, so I have Naslin at six, and my number five is the other goaltender that I have on my list. Okay, that is Roberto Luongo. Ooh, Bobby Lou. Uh, all-time leader in wins, all-time leader in pretty much everything in terms of goaltending, uh, in shutouts, uh, just not the all-time leader in losses. So that's that's a good thing. But that's a very good thing. Yeah, he, I mean, 
for a guy who played 448 games for the franchise to have a 236 goals against average and a 919 save percentage he yeah. is i mean the only reason so trevor linden is my four i'll just kind of just because just we, throw him out there yeah. so trevor linden's my four Again, I have him higher because I just think that Trevor Linden kind of embodies the Canucks. Luongo, I think there was always something left to be desired with him in Vancouver. Uh, even though he had unbelievable seasons, he was fine in the playoffs. He just had some weird-ass games in the playoffs where like, the Chicago Blackhawks would just tear him up. <laughs> you know, and then they brought in, there was the whole, like, they bring in Corey Schneider and they did a, you know, the, yeah. you know, the song and dance. And so I understand some Canucks fans. I mean, you, you can't deny that this guy deserves to be in the top five. No, not at all. At least in the freaking top ten. Uh, so you know, I, th- I think that he can't be higher than Trevor Linden, though, because Trevor Linden, even though he, of course, he got to the point where he wasn't as good as he once was. That's, that's fine. That's acceptable. He was playing into his 30s there, whereas... I think that people expected that, you know, and he was never like, yes, he had an 80 point season. He had an 80 point season when everyone was having an 80 point season. Uh, But he was always, he was always, no matter what role he was in, he was willing to take that role. He goes down into this third line role. He goes into a fourth line. Team player. He's just there. Yeah. And so I I think he's somebody that Canucks fans, I mean, he's, he's just like, he's your hockey guy. You know, he's a guy that you want playing on your franchise for as long as possible. Uh, Roberto Luongo, I think there was a time where he was a little bit in his head. It was Canucks were all over the place when he was a goaltender, but there's no denying how good, how great he was. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. No, absolutely. Yeah, he's like 100%. He's a Hall of Famer. He should be, in my opinion, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I would absolutely agree with you. Because yeah. the only other goalies that, like, all right, Broder, Waugh, Belfort, those guys are all all in and gone. It's Luongo. Like, there's nobody close to him in terms of active guys who should be in the hall. Well, maybe Henry Lundqvist. Maybe you okay, could. Okay, you Lung, could, Lundqvist, yeah. yes. But Lundqvist is... Now, you know, Lundqvist is still playing, so... Sure. And yes, as soon as Lundqvist retires, same thing. First battle right. Hall of Famer, 100%. Yeah, I would agree, too. And so, okay, for me, number five, I got Naslin. But number four, I have Roberto Luongo. Um, and I think, too, maybe it's, it's a little bit more of a, a personal nod because... Me being the goaltender, I just have a thing for goaltenders. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see a goalie this high. It really is. It absolutely is. But um, for me, I, I I tried to think about it. I, I had a lot of shuffling with Lyndon Naslin and Luongo with those three guys going from six to four. And I think what really pushed Luongo above everybody else, yes, Trevor Linden was a captain. He was you know a leader on that team, and he was a role player. He was you know willing to go anywhere, but for Luongo, right? He drove that team. He was that team. And he for was a goaltender. The too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's absolutely. the only goalie to ever be a captain. Right. He had a C on his freaking goalie mask, which not a lot of people know. Um, yeah, and and then you know, coincidentally enough, they outlawed goalies being captains, which is stupid because you know, right now Carey Price would be captain of the Canadians, so on and so That's forth. Um, but yeah, but for being a captain and being such a, you know, he was he. He was a guy who drove success for that team when typically you see a lot of teams driven to success by forwards and stuff. And so, um, you know, until the Sedins came over and just really took over that team when, you know, it was him and Schneider battling it out. Um, yeah, he was the Canucks for me. 
All right. So, I love it. Yeah. That's great. Uh, okay. Number one, two, three. There's only three guys left. <laughs> There's only three guys. I mean, we're talking the, the Sedin twins and Pavel Bure. Of course. There's your three. So my, my question is, who do you have at number two? I actually tied for number one. No, I couldn't. No, bullshit. You can't do that. You can't. Are you going to make me choose right now? You can't put the right. Sedins together. All right. Screw it. I, I'll, pick, I'll pick a number one. And I, okay. Number two for me. You're number two. Daniel. Number two is Daniel. Okay. Number two is Daniel. Okay. Yeah. I put both why, Sedins. Why do you put Daniel below Henrik? Why? Okay. So. Henrik was the captain. Henrik was the captain, but Daniel Henrik scored the goals. Daniel scored the goals, but Henrik got the Hart Trophy that Daniel doesn't have. That's true. They both got some Art Ross trophies. Yep. You know, back but, to back years. Yes, they did, which were fantastic years. But bringing home the Hart, being the captain, I think to me that just that kind of solidified. Even though he got drafted after Daniel, number three overall versus number two. But um, did yeah. they just do that because it was alphabetical order? Maybe. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Did Daniel come first or did Henry come first? When they were born? Yeah. I don't know. We should ask his mom. We should. Their mom. Call her up. <laughs> yeah, so for me, the the Hart Trophy and the captaincy, just put him that notch over Daniel okay. to me. I so. like it. I like it. Now, my number two is Pavel Bure. Really? So who's number three? Pavel Bure is the... Because here's why. Here's why. Henrik Sedin was the best player on that team. Yes. I agree. He's number one. He's number one. He won the Hart Trophy. Okay, but I'm interested in the argument why Bure Un- over Daniel. Unbelievable. Here is why. I'll tell you exactly why. Pavel Bure is the only player in this organization to be above a point per game. Not only is he above a point per game. I mean, this is over 428 games. He has 1.17 points per game. I mean, he was unbelievable. Uh, and in terms of goals per game, no, but no one even really comes close. Uh, five nine three goals per game. I'll give you that. He had back to back his second and third seasons sixty goals both seasons. Ridiculous. Yeah. Now Daniel does have the most goals, but he played almost three times more games than Bure, and Bure only has what a hundred and forty less goals, and he played. 900 more games and he only has 100 so i mean yes he scored a bunch of goals and i know it's different era. it was a different era i mean Burray guys are scoring 60 it was probably more like 50 something now uh in in an equivalent uh but still late 2000s I mean, or early 2000s late 90s yeah. he still put up 58 59 yeah. so yeah. unbelievable yeah uh pavel Burray was a better player than daniel sedin and he's got but, a hot wife <laughs> That's true. His bro- his uh, his brother is married to uh, Candace Cameron from Full House. Right. DJ. Yeah. yeah. That's a uh, Valerie Bure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If yeah. you if you want to go back and watch a the best All Star game ever, I think I think it's 1999 or 2000. It's one of those like late 90s. Pavel Bure and Valerie Bure play on a line together and. I think Valerie Bure gets the MVP and like gets a car, and their goal together was to get him the car. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's almost John Scott esque because a little bit. he was the winger and Valerie Bure was the center. Right. Yeah. 
So yeah, almost John Scott esque. Except Valerie Bray was actually a pretty good pretty player. decent player. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to me, Pavel Bray was was because he was the best player on his team at the time. Whereas like, I mean, granted, he did play with McGillney. He got to play with Messier a little bit, but that didn't work out so well. But mm. uh, I think Henrik Sedin was the best player on his team at the time. Daniel Sedin was the second best. Bray, best player on his team. And so to me, you've got to be the best player on your team. Like that's going to be my first consideration. So that's why I have Beret at two, Henrik at one, and Daniel at three. Okay. There's no denying the point totals, and just uh, still not a bad place to be. No, absolutely Third not. But for me, player. the longevity with the Twins, I think you just when you think of Vancouver, games yeah. Plus, I mean, it is these two guys embody Vancouver. They are like the all-time franchise guys. You know, much That's like Gordie Howe and Steve Eisenman are for the Wings, these yeah, guys much are like for Trevor Vancouver. Linden is for these guys. Right? Yeah, you could throw him in like Alex DeVecchio. I mean, there you go. Hey. So. All right. Well, that is our Vancouver Canucks top ten. If you uh, disagree, we'd love to hear it on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk, and uh, you know, share this episode with other Vancouver Canucks fans like yourself, or maybe you're not and you just like hockey. Uh, but yes, you can share that on Twitter. Also, uh, if you are a small business owner, uh, Amazon has a business account. You know, make workplace procurement easier with convenient delivery options, simplified purchasing workflows, multiple payment options, and a competitive marketplace with business-only pricing and quantity discounts. I want that business-only pricing. I get it. I want the discounts. I get the discount because we have a business account That's right. for our podcast. Well, like, I have a podcast right. network that I... I hate you. You know, I just say, hey, here's, you know, hey, I have my things. So I get a discount <laughs> on Amazon. So you can have a, a discount on Amazon. You just have to have a business. Uh, anyone who makes purchases for work can create a free account for their business. There's a link in the description. There, uh, they don't give me a special like OTHockeyTalk.com or like Amazon.com slash OTHockeyTalk. None of that. Just click the description. Click the link in the description for it. Uh, it's there. And if you want to open a business account, please do so. And with that, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes. And the top 10 players to come from the northwest side of Florida. So mm. Is there? A, does it feel weird to say the northwest of Florida? Yeah, I think it, it likes it Destin or cold over in that area. <laughs> Jacksonville maybe, but. It's like central Florida. Eh? Yeah, maybe a little closer to that. Who just missed your list for the Tampa Bay Lightning? For Tampa Bay. Um, I've got a defenseman and a couple forwards here for you. I've got Dan Boyle, Tyler Johnson, and Vinny Prospel. Okay. All three missing my list. Um, yeah, I just there were there were guys on here on my list, and and I'll be the first to admit I've got a a ton of goalies on this list for a franchise that hasn't been around for a while. Yeah. I was actually impressed for how many goalies I was able to put on this list, All but right. yeah. um, I just honestly just couldn't justify looking at at the talent in front of them and being like, okay, well. Frick, they're a better player. No, they're not. So I just I had to leave them off the list, even though guys like Dan Boyle were instrumental in you know that Stanley Cup championship. But unfortunately, just the talent level, what I had in front of him, just he wasn't better. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Vaclav Prospel seventh all time in in scoring for this team, and and Tyler Johnson eighth. So I I agree. I have both of those guys not making my list, mostly because Tyler Johnson is like now when I'm looking at him, I'm going okay, you're a third line center on a team that couldn't get out of the fucking first round. That was that was hard to, to swallow. So, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, they've had they've had other success. He, they have been to a Stanley Cup final with him as their second center, uh, but Tyler Johnson just misses my list. So who's your number ten? Number ten for me, um, a goaltender actually, uh, Ben Bishop. Okay, yeah, right. didn't ben play Bishop that long. Did miss my list. He did miss your list. He did miss my list. Okay, yeah, he hasn't been or wasn't with the franchise for too long, but he is their all-time wins leader. Um, and he's also the all-time save percentage leader and goals against leader for this team. Although I do suspect that the wins total is going to disappear this year because Vasilevsky is seven wins behind him, and he will easily catch that within the first month, I believe so. So yeah, Ben Bishop's record is phenomenal. I mean, he's one thirty-one six and sixty-four. Yeah, a two-to-one ratio that's, is fantastic for a goaltender. That's phenomenal. Um, yeah, and and honestly, he's a guy who I think over his counterpart Vasilevsky who took over for him who was his backup for a couple seasons um, I think Bishop should have been the the Vesna winner in my opinion but that's another discussion we can have both so. these guys were on the same team together. they were and it, <laughs> it was it was I don't know if maybe it was the the injury I would probably lean towards maybe the a little bit of the injury and the age but you know, you look at the the job Steve Eisman had to do when you have two superstar goaltenders like this, and you're like, frick, we only got to keep one. It's like the Canadians when they had Halak and, you know, Price, and you're trying to decide which one to keep. It's, yeah. you got to make the right, and luckily, I mean, you know. I think they both made the right decision going with the young goalie. I think so. But still, Ben Bishop but, was. Yeah, phenomenal goaltender still, so. So who's your number 10? My number 10 is a guy that just missed your list, and that is Dan Boyle. Okay. He's the second all-time leading point getter for this team in defense. 253 points in 394 games is excellent for Not a defenseman. Uh, and, and Dan Boyle was just, I mean, in his prime, he was just a guy who could quarterback the power play, and he, but he could also play a, like a more a more shutdown guy. He, he could really do it all, and he, I mean, from what I've heard about him is that he was just a guy who was willing to take other guys under his wing and help make them better. And I think he made other defensemen better around him. On top of that, he is, in terms of guys who have, have played more than 100 games, he is the franchise defensive leader in points per game, doing be- slightly better than Victor Hedman. So, Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So he's my number 10. All right. Well, number nine for me, another goaltender um, who had a flipping incredible statistical run to the Stanley Cup. Uh, the Bull and Wall for me. Hobby. Coming in at number nine. Yeah, he was only there for really three full seasons. Kabibulin. <laughs> Kabibulin. <laughs> yeah, only three full seasons with this team, really. But during the Stanley Cup run, listen to these numbers five shutouts. 1.71 goals against and a 9.33 save percentage. Just crazy. 9.33. She just shut the door. And it's it's no wonder they, you know, obviously they had to go the distance against Calgary. But, I mean, he was he was not the reason they couldn't get over the hump quicker. He was keeping that team in every freaking game. Because, honestly, I think Calgary was probably the favorite, I think, with Aginla, the way they were putting up well, points. Well, and Mika so. Kiprasov yeah. was unreal that year, too. He was, yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, he was... Only slightly worse with a one eight five goals against and a nine two eight save percentage. Right, <laughs> uh, both had five shutouts. But yeah, that's uh, that year. I feel like if it's if it's now, I mean Brad Richards had twenty six points in those twenty three games. 
You know, Brad Richards basically goes on the greatest tear of his career, and it happens to be in the playoffs. And you know what's funny, too? Regular season, I think, and uh, there's some weird statistic, but in the playoffs, every game that he scored a goal, they won. Tampa Bay won. Uh, Crazy. And I, guess, I think the regular season, there was only like five games that he scored a goal where they didn't win. It was just ridiculous. Well, in the regular season, yeah, I mean, in, in the regular season, he, he had a nice year, too, 79 points. So, yeah, that was... Uh, it was a great year, and I think almost any other year, Hobby Boulin probably wins the Smythe. Yeah, but I think it's because literally, I mean, granted, Brad Richards didn't have ridiculous point totals, but the fact that he was, they won every game he scored was, a goal. Yeah, it was. Just yep. that you had to give it to him at that point. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number nine is Braden Point. Ooh, okay. Yes. So Braden Point sneaking in there. Uh, I know that he's my number eight, by the way. Okay, all right, he's your number eight. So he's pretty close to the top. Uh, he is nineteenth all time in scoring, but in one hundred and ninety eight points in two hundred twenty nine games. So uh, Braden Point seventh all time in points per game, doing just fine for himself. And that's only going to get better. By exactly, the way. and that's that's going up. And I guess I suppose I'll say this: if let's say he doesn't sign this contract and he ends up getting dealt. I, I would actually take him off this list. My list is assuming that he's going to be there for longer. So I'm kind of preemptively putting him in here because I think that he's proven that he's, in terms of talent, he's definitely in their top 10. It's just that if he doesn't play for them any longer, it might cause me to go, well, I mean, he only played 200 and something games. Like there might be other people more deserving now. No, and that's fair. I mean, he might, he might slip, you know, a spot or two, maybe hit number 10 then at that point for me, yeah. but yeah, he's number eight for me, and I think it's it's a little bit alluding to what you said, just because of what I think this guy is going to be for this franchise long term, because he's he's phenomenal talent and he's only getting better. I think, and uh, you know when you get to play alongside guys like Stamkos and Kucherov, yeah, it's yeah. freaking lights out. And and my number eight is Hobby Bullen. So okay, we'll just I like it. Easy easy little little flip arounds there. Uh, so who's your number seven? Number seven, another goaltender. Ah, me too. Andre yeah. Vasilevsky. It is. Yes, all sir. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure much for the same reasons. I think, again, this guy, by the time his career is all said and done, he'll be the franchise leader in every statistical category. It certainly and, is looking that way. Yeah. And should, I mean, has he won the Vesna? He did. Yeah. Yeah, he won it last year. So over Ben Bishop, who I think, again. He is the only Tampa Bay Lightning to ever win the Vesna. He is. And that's why I, I gave him the slight nod. Put him a little bit higher because he does have the, the trophy to go with it. Although Bulin does have the Stanley Cup that Vassy doesn't, but I do think that might change here in the next couple of years, assuming that they Let's get. Let's hope not, Brendan because Point. that means that the Leafs have didn't win the cup. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's just move on. Yeah, uh, you're number six, Brad Richards. Ah, eh, me too. Wow, this yeah. is shaping out pretty well. Copying off of me, fourth mm. all time in scoring. He has a Conn Smythe Trophy and. Uh, 489 points in 552 games. So just a uh, an all-around great playmaker, guy who made his teammates better. I think he kind of lost some speed towards the end there, but not towards the end of being a Tampa Bay Lightning. So All right. More more as like a Dallas Star. Right. So Dallas Star. He did go to the Dallas Star. He did. Yeah. Came to Detroit too, but Brad Richards played in Detroit. No, I'm kidding. He didn't. I wanted him to come to Detroit for a hot minute, but was when like, he was set, I shop, don't remember that. No, he did play for Detroit. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't do anything. No, he got he hurt too, didn't he? A lot of guys came to Detroit at the end of their careers. That's so. true. Madonna, Alferson. 
It's like a lot of the guys that are going to be on our lists for different teams. Right. Madonna was like top for the stars. He's there. You got one Brad year. Richards, number six. Alfredson probably will be number one for the Sens when we do that list. So Yeah, no, I'm putting Thomas Shabbat there right now. That's, you know, <laughs> I mean, Eric Carlson. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so our number six is, is Brad Richards. Uh, into the top five we go. Drum roll. I think we might have a different top five here. So it's possible. Uh, who is your number five? Well, let's go five four. Who's your number five four? My number five. Your number five. Victor Hedman, number four. Kucherov. Okay. All right. So we do. Yeah. We have uh, my number four is Victor Hedman. Okay. And my number five is Vincent Lecavalier. Wow. Okay. I have Lecavalier a little bit lower. I. Uh, you know what? Hey, I I can respect it. I'll tell you why I have him a little bit lower. Okay. But let's let's hear. Granted, he has. You know, second most in points for this organization. He has also played the most games for this organization. Uh, still getting paid by this organization. Still, still an employee, <laughs> I guess, technically of this organization. Uh, I will say that the minus 116 does cause for a little bit of pause. I know that because, I mean, we're talking like years where yeah, the year that they won, they won the Stanley Cup. He was a plus twenty four. I, I don't usually put a whole lot of stock into plus minus, right? But like, no, same. But you got to think a guy is the best player on his team. What's happening to where he's on the ice for all these goals against? When he also had Martin St. Louis on his wing, who is definitely not a minus one hundred and sixteen. Or he's a plus thirty one over his career. So like, still not like crazy unbelievable. Uh, like Kucherov is a plus one hundred and two already. Right. Uh, but you look at, okay, I'll, I'll give him a pass his rookie year, the year after his rookie year. Tampa obviously was not good. So, and, and really he was kind of coming into his own. Uh, but minus 19, minus 25, minus 26, minus 18. Okay. So we've got those years out of the way. But then you've got year, like the year he had 40 goals and 92 points in 07 08. He was a minus 17. He, when he had 108 points, he was only a plus two. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough to swallow. I mean, he was I, never really known as a defensive-minded guy. No, though, and he's costing his team five on five because he well, was slow. He was a like he was a great player when he had the puck. I but I mean the reason why he kind of fizzled out severely towards the end. Guy couldn't skate. That's very true. The guy couldn't skate. So I think uh, I think that's that's my one knock on it. Like the guys that I have ahead of of Le Cavalier, Victor Hedman. I mean. Norris Trophy winner. Yeah. Victor Hedman. He best is. Best defenseman ever played for this organization and is maybe the best defenseman in the league. Absolutely. I can't put a guy who... Vincent LeCavalier was never the best player in the league. Yeah, there, there was probably a time but you can't really say, say that about five center. Yeah, but you can't really say that Hedman is the best player in the league either. I can say that Hedman's the best defenseman. Sure. But I would never say that, that LeCavalier was the best forward or the best center. Yeah, well... Best of his position. Okay. Fair enough. So that's why I have a guy like Hedman ahead of him. Um, so my number three is Nikita Kucherov. Okay. Uh, he makes my top three because, I mean, the guy has a heart trophy. The guy has won, won the league scoring title. And he is not even close to being done. He's averaging more than a point per game in his career. And he's yeah. playing right now. I will say, though, another year or two, Kucherov makes my top three. Yeah, huh, it's fair. Yeah, it, I mean, I understand. It's it's hard when you look at a guy who's got 462 points, and then you look at 
the top three who all have over 300 more points than that. I understand why he maybe isn't in the top three yet. Well, for me, okay, so Vinny LeCavier is at number three for me. Um, And I think when you look at, like, when you look at a team, right, and you think of a team, like right now, yeah, last year you probably think of Kucherov when you think of this team, right? Stamkos, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? When, when When it was Le Cavalier's team, it was him and St. Louis. That was it, right? And, but and Brad Richards. Even when they won the Cup, Brad Richards was leading the team in scoring. Yeah. I mean, it was a three-headed monster for sure, but like Le Cavalier, he was a leader on that team, right? I don't necessarily think of Kucherov as a leader. I think of him as just a guy that's going out there and just putting up numbers, quietly going about his business. That may be true. And so for me, just those, the, the intangibles I think LeCavier brought leadership-wise, just, you know, and then the fact that he did bring home a Stanley Cup for this, this franchise, he was a big part of that. You know, if he, had, if, he had been, that is fair. if he had been a guy that, you know, maybe was like a third-line center, was still coming into his own, you know, like, okay, yeah, then I would definitely be like, okay, well, Kucherov, I'll give you the nod because offensively speaking and talent-wise, I think Kucherov is far beyond better than LeCavier ever was at his prime. So I don't know. But it's just to me, it's the hardware and leadership that just kind of give him the slight nod, and the fact that he is—he's up there in terms of points for this franchise too. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so then obviously number one and two, St. Louis and Stamkos are in there. We got them. So who is your number one? St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Me too. I had to. Just again, franchise leader with in terms of points. He, oldest player to ever win a heart trophy. Right. And, and he's got the heart. Total. You know, I in the the Stanley Cup, I think, you know, when you just compare accolades, I think, yeah, you know, Stamkos at the end of his career will probably be number one on this this list for me. This um, dude was undrafted. But yeah, he was <laughs> insanely good though. Nobody what? <laughs> Nobody liked the small he's he was Johnny Goudreau in terms of small guys that people didn't think could make it in a league he before. Was, he was like Johnny Goudreau. Except for he could pass like Joe Thornton. Yeah, he was really good at passing. <laughs> really good. And he could still do it into his like late 30s, too. Yes. Well, yeah, he's the oldest guy to ever win the scoring well, title. There you go. I think he did win it in the lockout, the lockout season. Yeah. yeah. Which, which 60 points and 48 games. I mean, still crazy. but and, and, I mean, we're still talking about a time when goal scoring wasn't exactly through the roof. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. There's your uh, Tampa Bay Lightning top 10. If you think... Stamco should be ahead of Martin St. Louis. I want to hear why. Also, just to fact check it, not oldest guy to win the heart, oldest guy to win the art, Ross. Yes. He won, yes. The, he won the heart yes. in 04 when he had 94 points in 82 games. Right. He didn't but. win the heart in 2012 or 13 or whatever it was. 13, yeah. He won the art, Ross, with 60 Ross. points in 48 games. All right. Uh, well... There's our list. You can find us on Twitter. You know, you can also find us on Instagram. We've started posting things on there. I have. You have. I don't know about you. Yeah, I've been just... Lazy pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Glued on the Twitter. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. Our our handle is also OT Hockey Talk on there. And uh, so take a gander. A few more pictures. I'll, I'll, some of the stuff we post on there also end up on, on Twitter. But we're going to start doing some Instagram stories and some mid-game kind of different fun fun things throughout the season so as we continue to grow continue to follow us and interact with us and uh thank you for listening we'll talk to you guys soon